Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, guys, we're back. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, your daily dose of, I think, real estate reality. Man, did we get a lot of emails after yesterday's show. If you guys didn't uh, hear that one, go back and listen to it yesterday. All of our shows live, uh, I guess, forever because <laughs> we have like five or 600 shows on um, timandjulieharris.com. So go back anytime, listen to the past shows. But what we talked about is something we don't normally talk about. We, did, we got a little political yesterday, and that fired up a lot of folks, and that's okay. And I you know what, I appreciate your opinions, even if they're not in alignment with ours. Here's the bottom line, guys, and here's the reality that we find ourselves in. Our job is to be a service to other people, period, in a conversation, nothing more to talk about. And if you can make a nice profit along the way, then all the better, right? Doesn't that make sense? So look, it doesn't matter what political leaning you have. It doesn't. It, what matters is that you are able, uh, you have the skill set to be of service to as many people as possible in a changing real estate market. Now, Julie and I had planned a radio show about centers of influence, past clients, databases, and all that normal traditional stuff, and we scrapped it 10 minutes ago. So if we seem a little bit disorganized, it's because we are on today's show for a reason. There was an article that just came out on CNBC, and we're going to be reading it to you. We're going to be talking about it, but here it is. The 2017 housing crash is here, and we have proof of it. The foreclosure numbers are increasing and just as Julie and I, I, I hate saying it because I make, I, I don't intend for us to sound like arrogant assholes by saying it like this, but we have been warning you, we have been telling you this was going to happen, we've been giving you all the, you know, the breadcrumbs, letting you know why we know what we knew, and a lot of you, fortunately, have been listening, and you guys have been doing something about getting your education on, and that's what you should be doing in a changing market like this. For those of you who are still on the fence. For those of you who are maybe just coming to discover our radio show recently, well, what you're going to hear on today's show will, I am quite certain, scare the crap out of you. And that's okay because we're going to tell you what to do with that fear. Don't turtle up. Realize that while there's still time, you can actually get ahead of the housing correction and you can do something about it. But before we get to the article, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about – Julie's got an email to read. Um, correct, Julie? An email from a client? Yes. You got it. Okay, and then we also – and I'm going to summarize yesterday's radio show with regards to the political talk that we were doing with a great quote I found on Bloomberg News today. Julie, do you have that quote? I chatted it to you. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, go, so here it is, guys. Here's the, yeah, here's the, here's the bottom line why we are just sincerely, profoundly, deeply, emotionally excited about the fact that we have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican president. Okay, now, oh, Tim's getting political. He's, I'm going to fire off some nasty emails to them again. Cool your, just cool your jets. It's not for any of the social reasons. You're never going to hear us talking about any of the social causes on this radio show. Never. Our focus is always going to be about making you guys the best practitioners you can be so you can help the most people make the most money. That is our simple core mission. It is not difficult to understand. So I found this great quote, Julie. Go ahead and read it. Yes, and this is from Bloomberg. Here's the short quote. 
It says, this is not the French Revolution. They destroyed their basic institutions of their society <clears throat> excuse me, and changed their form of government. What Trump represents is a restoration, a restoration of true American capitalism. End of quote. That is exciting as hell to me. You know, it is kind of funny too, Julie. Uh, a lot of our um, agents, listeners, a lot of listeners who uh, were upset with the fact that we're, you know, we voted for Trump and that we're being political, kind of pissed off at us, you know, thinking that somehow Trump was the end of the world and we're all going to be, you know, living in cages being ruled by Martian overlords. I don't even know what the craziness was all about. But you guys have all forgotten many of you, that Trump is a real estate broker. Julie went to his website yesterday, and Julie, what did you discover? <laughs> I mean, it looks pretty much like a lot of our members' websites, right? Yes, he has multiple. He's got the Trump Organization, but what I'm talking about is uh, Trump International Real Estate. Okay, so you go there, and there's a drop-down box that says, look at my listings. Okay, so yeah, there's a sensitivity to what it is we do in the world there, and I think that that does deserve a lot of respect, and he has been obviously very successful with not just selling residential real estate, but also development on an international basis, and I think that there's a lot to that, and we, you know, we have to recognize that. I personally, I think it's kind of cool that we have a realtor running the country. Well, we do, and he is a member of the National Association of Realtors, as are all of his kids. Guys, wake up. We've got one of us in the White House. I never thought that would happen. Did you? That's exciting. So that means that all of this bullshit talk about housing never no longer being at the center of the american dream that's going to go away all this talk about us being a renter nation and how people are going to decide to rent their entire lives that's going to go away all this mickey mouse about basically having real estate no longer you know be an incredibly important um i would say pillar of what it means to be an american all that's going to go away you know it is Housing programs are going to be more creative. I would be stunned if we didn't start seeing more um, privately uh, backed um, mortgage options because Fannie and Freddie have been keeping the private players largely out of the marketplace, as you guys know. And so we're going to start seeing a complete and total return to, I think, a lot of the ways that many of us, frankly, the values we had with regards to and the relationship we had to housing the way we were raised. You know, it's something that, you know, it's an honor to be own a home. It's a... It's a thing that you hold on to. You don't just basically treat it like, you know, a piece of bubble gum that you can just dispose of if it's for some reason. You know, it's different. It's a different mindset. It's a mindset of responsibility. It's a mindset that's associated with what we believe to be the core Ameri- the core of what American values truly are. So the article today that oh, Julie, you have an email you'd like to read from a listener, correct? Uh, yes, and it, it's relatively quick. So just uh, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Jennifer in Pittsburgh. So any Pittsburgh-area referrals, we have a great client named Jennifer Foray there. And she writes, good morning, Tim. I'm a member of your monthly coaching program, and I love it. I was in the Buffini coaching program for a while, and though there were aspects I liked, as a new agent, I was sure there were things I was missing. Turns out they were the spokes that you talk about, spokes in the wheel. Now, after earning $0 my first year in real estate, I was determined to make a big change. I wrote out goals according to the real estate treasure map. I reached a couple and made progress in some others. I was able to pay off my premier coaching program within six months and enough money to make a difference in our household. When I started off, my bank account was literally down to $13. Now I have paid off almost all of my debt and have savings in my bank. 
looking ahead, my goal is to make 100000 next year. So talk about implementing like crazy, Tim. I mean, I'm so extremely proud of Jennifer and what she's done. So she talks about maybe getting into the breakthrough program. She's also a fellow classical musician, so I appreciate that she knows that about me as well. And so I had emailed her back asking her where she stands today. Get this. Remember, down to $13 last year, didn't make anything first year, which is not that uncommon, by the way. Okay, so here's what she says now. She has seven listings, five active buyers that are 30 to 68 days out, five pendings, six potential listings, and 10 to 15 buyers that she emails with and speaks with regularly planning on buying in the spring. Okay, so talk about a serious turnaround and being coachable and implementing and being a fantastic member of our premier coaching she is the epitome of one of our great students and what can be done with that program. And she literally just about started from zero. So congratulations to you, Jennifer. You're in good hands, and we're going to take you to even the next level as quickly as you're willing to go. Back to you, Tim. Well, that's the re- see, Jennifer is the reason why we created the Premier Coaching Program. Julie and I, for decades, have only been able to sell because of the nature of how you have to deliver coaching. It's a you know one-on-one call. You have to... There's, you know, you have to pay somebody for their time for doing the call. You have to train that person. It's very, very labor intensive. Totally and completely not scalable. If you guys know what that means. So what we have all, and, and as a result of that, the pricing, six hundred a month, a thousand a month. I'm not saying there wasn't value there. There is. You get a one-on-one call with your own coach. They work with you. But it just was, it, and everybody wanted it. That's the thing. Everybody wanted coaching. If I walk into a room of a thousand people and I say you're going to work with somebody who's going to basically shepherd you along, who's going to help you figure out how to this, that, and the other. They're going to make you help you make money, get your systems together, teach you, teach you sales skills. You're going to have a wingman. Everyone would raise their hand, and then I'd say, okay, well, it's fifteen hundred dollars a month. All their hands would go away, and and that always bothered me. That always, like, I'm not being true to what I know my purpose is, which is helping as many people as I can at a high enough level. Because I'm not at the time I hadn't figured out how to offer what was the best of coaching at a price that everybody could afford. So it was, you know, Julie and I had always had it in the back of our minds that we wanted to do a coaching program that offered, let's just be realistic, 85% of the value of a normal coaching program for just basically a everyone can afford it price. And that's what we did. Premier Coaching is really effectively 85% of what you'd normally get for 1000 or 1500 or $2,000 a month for less than $100 a month. I know it sounds impossible to believe, but it's true. It's true because we have spent literally tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point making the product so that everyone could do it, everyone could afford it. Look, I don't want to talk about the coaching program anymore. I'm going to get to the article, but here's what I want you guys to do. Fill out the form that's on the website. Request a free coaching call. You're going to get those six free books. You're going to get the information you need how to supercharge your business going to next year. And then we are going to also get the, be given the option to have an immediate call with one of our enrollment coaches, and you can learn about the program. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. If you haven't done this yet, I don't know what the heck you're waiting for. Julie, without any further delay, the topic, okay. last-minute topic, yeah. last topic of today's article our today's show is the 2017 housing crash. I didn't tell you the title, Julie. 2017 housing crash, and in brackets is, don't say we didn't warn you, because we did. So, um, Julie, I'm going to actually read the last article, last yes. bit of this article. Um, and, okay, actually, let's go ahead and start at the top. Go ahead and start, but Julie, read okay. ahead so we don't just basically waste time reading fluff, okay? So go ahead and just read. <laughs> yes. And, and well, Diana Olaf, guys. You, well, what I was going to say is uh, since this is kind of our last-minute change, feel free to interrupt me as you want to focus on, you know, we'll work together on this. 
Okay, so but, again well, from Julie, Diana Julie, Olick, who we often listen to. Go ahead. There's a lot of conjecture in here. Cut the conjecture out because it's just basically, you know, back and forth Mickey Mouse and just focus on the facts. Okay, you know what? I'll start out reading it and you can read ahead, okay? Foreclosures have been falling steadily for the, last, uh, for the lowest levels in nine years. Putting on my glasses, hold on a second. But a curious spike, curious to who, not to you guys because you're great listeners, a curious spike in October may have been the first sign of a crack in, crack in the recovery. <laughs> Seriously, this is what it says. Guys, the cracks have been happening for two years. If you've been listening to this radio show, we've been warning you. The number of properties in foreclosure filings, which includes default notices, scheduled auctions, and back group possessions, jumped 27% in October compared with September. Or according to a new report by Adam Data Solutions, the volume is still down 8% from a year ago, but annual drops have been double-digit all year until now. Government-insured FHA loans are fueled much of the jump. And here's the quote. While some states are still slogging through the remnants of the last housing crisis, the foreclosure activity increases in such states as Arizona, Colorado, and Georgia are more heavily tied to loans originated since 2009. So these are not legacy loans, guys. These are not extended pretend loans. These are new loans post the housing supposed crash. After most of the risk of lend, uh, risky lending fueling the last housing uh, boom had stopped, said Darren Bloomquist, Senior Vice President of Adam Data Solutions. Okay, the increase in October isn't enough evidence to indicate a new foreclosure crisis emerging in the United States, but it certainly demonstrates that the uh, housing uh, recovery is not completely devoid of risk. No shit. Well, I'm going to break that down, that little article, guys, because I want you to see through it. You have to be smart about this. What they're reporting on are the foreclosure filings. Anyone who's been in this space, especially during the housing crisis, you know that is incredibly unreliable data. Listen to what your coach is telling you. Foreclosure filings is basically after the train has left the station. What you pay attention to, what we pay attention to for you, are the number, not even the notice of defaults, guys. Some of you guys are thinking I'm going to say that. Wrong. We pay attention to the, to the increase in BPO orders. Now, why do we do that? Because the banks have not, for political reasons, been filing their notice of defaults on time. So people, and you guys know this is true, especially those of you who've been with us for like 10 or 15 years, the banks will sit on the notice of defaults. People will miss one payment, two payments, five payments, ten payments, three years of payments, and then finally the notice of default gets filed. Why are they doing that? Why were they doing that? Why are they still doing that? There's a whole bunch of reasons, but the biggest one is because – as soon as they file that notice of default, it becomes public information that ABC Bank has got a mortgage in default. And you know it's not just one, it's thousands. That's the reality. So there, the data, if you're just studying the foreclosure notices, that information is like after people have missed, you know, who knows how many payments. Best case scenario three, realistically a year. Now, why is this relevant? Why is what I'm telling you important? Because every single study that's been done post the housing bust has told us that once people miss one payment, something like 95% of them never catch back up on their mortgage. I want you to think about that. They've missed a payment. That means sayonara, baby, I'm packing my boxes and I'm taking my copper plumbing and putting it on eBay and moving out. That's what they did last time. They're going to do the same thing this time. For the same reasons, and the article is going to dive into some of the reasons why they're you know, guessing why this is happening again, and then Julie and I will break it down and bring it back down to reality. So if you want to know what's happening with your market, do not go and look at um, foreclosure filings. Look at the notice, don't look at the notice of defaults. Look at the actual numbers of BPOs that have been ordered. If you're not doing BPOs, 
if you're not paying attention to that, that is the very essence of a canary in the coal mine. If you guys aren't familiar with that, the miners used to go down in the coal mine to do, you know, this, I'm giving you guys a little history lesson. I'm nerding out. Just bear with me. So the miners would go down in the coal mine, and they'd take a little canary in a little cage, poor little bastard. So they, he'd go down there with a canary every day. And the, the, the canary would sing, and the miners would listen to the – okay, that wasn't the reason they took him down there. If that canary stops singing, they know that there was probably a toxic gas that was being released, and the canary was more susceptible to the gas, and the canary would die in a little cute cage. And then as soon as that happened, the miners would know to get the hell out of there. So when you hear us say and other people say canary in the coal mine, that's the very earliest of early warning signs. We started seeing the canary croaking in the cage about two years ago, 18 months ago, where it became really obvious. Those of you who are doing BPOs, I know you know what I'm talking about because you guys start getting bulk orders for BPO requests. That's what's happening again now. Pay attention. Julie, jump right in. Next paragraph is yours, my dear. Yes, it says the spike, the biggest monthly jump since August 2007, may be due to a dynamic in the recovery itself. When the mortgage market crashed and private capital fled entirely, the government stepped in. Government-issued FHA loans jumped from about 3% of mortgage originations in 2005 to as high as 18% in 2010, according to Inside Mortgage Finance. And, Tim, I remember we did a radio show about some of these FHA low-down payment, low-credit requirements, risky. You know, it says these loans, which require just a 3.5% down payment, are by definition more risky. Not only do borrowers have far less of a cushion in prices, but the credit score minimum is lower. Borrowers who use FHA loans, which require mortgage insurance, are likely doing so because they don't have the income to afford a higher down payment. So in digging into the numbers among loans that were originated in the years between 2009 and 2015, FHA and VA loans account for 49% of all active loans in foreclosure. By comparison, among loans that were originated in the previous seven years, 02 to 08, FHA and VA loans were just 12% of all active loans in foreclosure. Most of the risk during that crash was subprime, which were exotic loan products outside of the FHA and VA credit box, said Blomquist. So, you know, same idea, different flavor. This is all, you know, FHA, VA driven. And then he goes on to say, while most start in October, another new report shows trouble with FHA loans starting already this summer. Although the total percentage of new foreclosures started in the third quarter this year dropped uh, to the lowest rate since 2000 and below the historical average, new FHA foreclosures moved higher by six basis points, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. FHA foreclosure activity is still below average, but the turnaround is troubling. As to why this is happening in October, very curious. It could be due to weaker employment numbers last spring. New foreclosure filings generally take more than four months to happen after the actual delinquency. The May jobs report was particularly weak, and jobs correlate strongly to mortgage delinquencies. One month does not a trend make, so there may be other factors at play. We looked at the historicals back over three years, and at least in the last three years, we've seen an uptick in the third quarter. There could be a pattern there, but you're also talking about smaller percentages than we have with one new servicer in the data right, that could make the difference. Yeah. Let's hover. Yes. Okay. So here in the next part that she's going to read to you guys is really drilling it down to the states where in the you know what actually Julie, let's we just go to that. that just to make round it out. But let's read the let's read the last paragraph. Okay. Uh, so yeah. here it is, guys. There's 28 states. 28 states in the District of Columbia posted year-over-year increases in overall foreclosure activity. Remember what I told you. Foreclosures are after long after the canary is croaked. This is foreclosures or some who knows. So these foreclosure issues, uh, the foreclosure notices are noticing on what has happened a year ago in some states, okay? 
and it's political. Please understand that a lot of the Mickey Mouse that's happening with the perceptions of the housing recovery has been smoke and mirrors, extend and pretend, hide the fact that there's no real recovery. That has been in a lot of markets, guys. That's what a lot of you guys have been suffering through. A lot of the values, a lot of the lack of inventory that you guys have been seeing in your marketplaces have been because there's been so many of these houses that should have been uh, put, you know, basically shouldn't be in the hands of the people that are still living there because of the fact that they aren't making their payments, haven't made their payments. So there's a whole bunch of pieces and parts that are happening right now. But here's the facts. 28 states in the District of Columbia posted year-over-year increases in overall foreclosure activity in October. i got to write something down, Julie. Hold on. Um, okay. Uh, finish that article. Okay. So uh, 28 states, we are going to go through just the specifics. Okay. Overall foreclosure activity in October, including New York, which is New York, up 10%. Those of you there who are saying it's not happening to me, foreclosure activity up 10%. Pennsylvania up 20%. Ohio is up by 4%. Georgia is up by 22%. Virginia up by 15%, Massachusetts 11%, Arizona 17%, Indiana up 3%, Wisconsin 3%, and Colorado, Colorado up 64%. Some of these states no longer have big backlogs from the foreclosure crisis. So okay. this is kind of so like Julie, round two, different flavor. Go ahead. Remember, guys, we didn't prep for this show, so if we seem a little disorganized, it's because we are, but we're just reacting real time to this article that just came out. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the states with the double-digit foreclosure crises were also the key states in basically Trump becoming president? Isn't it interesting yeah, that the seriously. states that basically he wasn't supposed to win are the ones that have the worst foreclosure increases? You guys putting these pieces together? So here's what I was writing down. Um, the other element, and this article doesn't talk about it, of that's what's happening right now is there are a lot of folks that were doing what we you know, call extend and pretend loan modifications. They were doing – Mods that were based that are starting to come due have been coming due, and so what you're going to start seeing is you're going to see a lot of these folks that have were essentially paying these artificially low payments. Those days are over. They're going to have to put their houses for sale. The lack of inventory, guys, has been constrained because of the way that the government handled the last housing crisis. So start putting these again. All this data together and realize what we're up against. Now, here's another little interesting, and I, I was Googling this while Julie was reading. This is a fact, and I can talk more about this on the radio if you guys would like. The fact is the behavior of uh, real estate, the relationship that people have with their mortgages in real estate, completely changed as a result of the last housing crisis. You know, Julie and I are in our 40s. A lot of you guys are in your 40s and your 30s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s, and we have people in the 80s and their 90s. And, yeah, we have some millennials too. But for the most part, that's the demographic that we are focused on, that we seem to attract. You all will remember that when we were, you know, growing up, American values were that you never lose your house in foreclosure. That was something you held on to no matter what. I, they're literally – are books and movies written about people trying to save the farm and things like that. You know what I'm talking about. So here's the interesting thing. As a result of the last housing crisis and how it unraveled, that mindset's completely changed. And we know that because here's the statistic. People say there's a direct correlation between defaults in a crappy economy or just financial strain. No doubt that's true. But here's the other correlation that they didn't think was going to happen. Frankly, I was surprised it happened too. People will bail on their mortgages, listen to your coach, when they have no equity and they can rent a similar house uh, for, this, uh, for less money. 
So in that is, by the way, most of the hottest housing markets, I just described it. Julie read you a long article about low down payment mortgages. We know that the low down, the oh, FHA, VA, you guys are just talking about cheap houses and flyover states. Well, remember, flyover states are the ones that decide who the president was going to be, that. But also, that's not true. If you go out to San Francisco, if you go to Miami, if you go to New York, if you go to L.A., if you go to all these really expensive markets where our coaching clients are generally the number one agents in those markets, what you'll discover is most of the mortgages that have been getting done are not the sexy all-cash international investor uh, Russian oligarch buyers that we read about, but they've been people that have been stretching themselves by putting literally no to low money down. In San Francisco, there are lots of banks, three or four, that were doing what amounted to no money down loans or less than 5% down loans. Now, what do we know about people's behavior when they perceive they no longer have equity in the property and they can rent a similar house for less money per month? They bail. So here's what was really fascinating. People will stop making their mortgage payment before they stop paying on their credit card. People will make their credit card payment, make their car payment, make all their lifestyle payments, their cell phones and all the rest of it, and they'll stop making their mortgage payment because the fear of foreclosure is no longer there. People know that there's programs in place, or at least there have been since 07, that there are programs in place to make it so that people can basically live in their house for free. They can you know, go to this program or that program, and they can get their payments reduced. So the mindset about mortgages and keeping your house and keeping your payment up and keeping all that is gone for the most part in most parts of the country. Julie, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean <laughs> – yeah, so what does the average or hopefully above average member of our, say, premier coaching program or our, our listeners, what do they do with this? How do they process this? What's the next level of, you know, implementing something about this? I know where my mind went to. Yeah, get, get out, out of denial. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to point out, too, in the previous recession and housing crash, we had our program separate. We had a short sale program. We had an REO. You know, now everything, because many of you guys are dealing with different situations, right? So this neighborhood's full of FHA deals, and it's got a lot of foreclosure maybe. But this afternoon you're going to maybe something higher end that you're not even going to have that conversation. With the Premier Coaching, we have everything in one location now so that you have the versatility to be able to help maximum people. That's your job. And, Tim, you started the top of this call reminding them that when you're processing all of the things that are going on right now, from the, the results of the election to the articles that we just read you, what can you, you know, if you put that through a funnel and you end up with the essence of what you're supposed to do about it, it's be of service to as many people as you know how to be of service to. So don't hide out from these facts and go, oh, my God, I don't want to deal with short sales again. That's not the right reaction. The right reaction is, absolutely, it would be my pleasure to help you with all of your real estate needs. Let's go ahead and set an appointment so we can figure out the right path for you and your family. That's your standard answer 07, so that you can help anyone. Back, go ahead. Back in 07, and I remember it well, June, July of 07, when Julie and I introduced, we were the first national trainers teaching agents how to do short sales. True story. We were doing a training call. It was mostly Keller Williams agents. And I don't know, eight, nine hundred, maybe a th I, how many people do we have on that call? Do you remember? It was a crap ton, was, way more than we expected to be on the call. So we knew it was how to do short that sales. We weren't sure we were on the right call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. But we, it was just an absolute ton. That was the first time we were, a, we were the first people to talk about 
you know, and so Julie and I in our careers had had to learn how to do short sales because where we sold real estate, you couldn't just walk into someone's house with your agent toolbox and not and only have a hammer like a normal listing. You had to have all kinds of different tools to solve all kinds of different problems. And so our one of our first listings we had to do essentially it was a short uh, payoff, not a short sale. But the essence of it was is we had to learn how to help as many people as we could, no matter what their situation was. You guys are in the same situation now. So here it was we were doing this big training call, mostly Keller Williams agents, and I'll never forget the question. And I wasn't looking at the screen. I'd never done a webinar before. You know, I just wasn't. It was just new. And so I looked at the screen, and the question we had literally hundreds of times was, "What is a short sale? What is a short sale?" Yeah. So we hadn't realized how plain unprepared our industry was for a changing market. Now, those agents, some of you guys are listening to us right now, are now in your marketplaces, some of you, because of the fact that you were early movers to learn how to do short sales, because you learned how to do the other stuff to help as many people as possible. You didn't just wall up and turtle up and say, I'm not going to be of service to as many people. I'm only going to work with upper-end sellers. Well, good luck. How hope that works out for you. You have to learn to have a diversity of solutions. This conversation, the education is going to be relevant in all price ranges. But, yeah, I mean, I just think, Julie, think of all the agents that we uh, talked, just like the email you read at the top of the call with Jennifer. We had mm-hmm. so many agents back then who had were riding high, making crap tons of money. All of a sudden, they were on their backs. They didn't know what to do. They learned how to do help sellers in all kinds of you know diverse uh, situations. They embraced that before the rest of the markets did. They rebuilt their markets. They rebuilt their incomes. They rebuilt their savings. They've, a lot of them have become, you know, frankly, very wealthy as a result of that because they've shifted their mindset. Do not wait. Do not be in denial. Do not procrastinate. Basically, guys, a lot of you, and this is what happened last time, a lot of you procrastinated your way into poverty. That's what happened. If you experienced hardship as a, la- as a result of the last housing correction, it's because you were in denial. You are listening to us. You've been listening to us, many of you, for years. So you know what we're telling you is true. You know we're not going to basically worry about being politically correct, or we're not going to try to spin the truth, even for our own benefit. We're going to tell you the truth every single time. And I'm here to tell you that the market is changing. And it's going to change, in our opinion, as we've been telling you, in profound ways in the next 6 to 12 months. Don't wait for us to prove ourselves right in your market. Get your training and your education on now. Please take action on this, guys. Do not delay. Look, I want you to be a little bit shocked. You need to be, some of you, a little bit scared. So you actually will stop being, frankly, lazy. Take the information. Take the opportunity. Get ahead of the market. Now, here's a little, like, I'm going to wrap up today's show. If you knew back in 06, for sure, that 07, 08, 09, you know, was going to be really an unbelievably challenging housing market, that the market was going to shift, that sellers are going to basically be underwater, that all the opportunities that had existed in the past were then shifting to agents with different skill sets. If you knew, for sure, that was happening, you're back in 06, what would you have been really spending all your best energies trying to learn how to do? I know, short sales, REOs, BPOs. You're going to learn how to basically uh, learn how to price listings, learn how to essentially get price reductions. You're going to learn the scripts necessary to wake sellers up to the new reality. That's what you would have been doing. And then when the crap storm hit in September of 07, that's when the first subprime mortgage company failed, you would have been so far ahead of the curve, it wouldn't have been funny. You would have kicked some serious ass, as some of you did. Do that now. Please do not wait. Please do not procrastinate. Do not... 
be in denial. Take action on this. Julie, are you still on? So listen, guys, here's what we want you to do. If you have any questions, any concerns, any anything, email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. This is our wheelhouse. This is what we do. If we can help you in any way, please do not hesitate to ask for help. Look, guys, I know some of this is scary. Some of you guys are not going to react positively, and that's okay. I don't want to be in the position where I personally, a year from now, wish I would have been a little bit harder on all of you. I do not want to look back a year from now knowing what I know and, and having kept that information to myself. That would, me be, that would be, be me and Julie and all of our coaches. That isn't what we're in alignment with. Our job is to prepare you for what's happening next. It's your job to take action on that information. Please do not blow this off. Take this seriously. Drill down. We'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.